Hey, this is Israel Warbe from the Karate Kid. Yes, a.k.a. Freddy Fernandez. You listen to Cobra Kai Companion, the best show. Hey, what was that, karate? Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, also host of Podstalgic. And for today's episode, we have another interview. Uh, this one was a very special one because it is a character from the original Karate Kid movie. Today, I speak with Israel Warbe, who played Freddy Fernandez from the first movie. And he talks about his extensive acting career and his relationships with Ralph Macchio, Billy Zabka, and Luis Guzman, who's his best friend. Uh, he also shares a product that he invented called Strogy, and also talks a little bit about Freddy's making bacon t-shirts. And this is our conversation. Hello. Hey, Mr. Izzy. How you doing? Good. Is Peter? Yeah, yeah, it's Peter. Did I catch you a bad time? No, 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 that's good. We can We can do this now. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, so, well, first off, you know, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, giving me the opportunity to, to speak with you. You're, uh, definitely in uh, a character in one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, you know, the crowded kid. Right on. Now, are you originally from New York? I'm originally from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, New York City. Yes. I grew up down here. Uh, and I left to Los Angeles when I was 18 after I did, uh, my first movie which was a movie for ABC in 1981, man. 1981. Wow. In my first movie, I had the lead role with uh, Paul Winfield, Trini Alvarado, Ike Eisenman, and James Broderick, Matthew Broderick's dad. And it was a two-hour movie, and it was like a big movie on graffiti, and I played the uh, Kirk, who was, uh, you know, the, the bad guy, of course, right? Back then, Latinos. Sure. You know, I played the hooded kid <laughs> trying to recruit a young lady for drugs to sell drugs. And Ike Eisenman, who was in Return from Witch Mountain, the originals. Um, I, I don't know if you know of Ike Eisenman, but um, he was the original kid on uh, Disney's um, Return from Witch Mountain. I'm, I'm familiar with that and its remake. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah, when I was... Um, 16, I started here in theaters. Uh, I met a playwright, famous playwright, Puerto Rican playwright, and I started doing some original plays of his. And then um, got an agent, you know, the same old thing. I was really into it. And then my first movie happened to be Dreams Don't Die, uh, which was an ABC movie of the week. I don't know how old you are, but back then, <laughs> they had three channels, ABC, CBS, and NBC. An ABC movie of the week was like the big thing to watch. Okay, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the movie was called Dreams Don't Die. I'm, let's see here, I'm just a little older than the Karate Kid movie. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah. So you were a kid when you watched it. How I, I was, yes. Uh, I, I feel like I probably watched one and two around the same time. You know, uh, well, may, maybe a little bit after two was out, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I was, right. I was very, very young. But it was definitely one of the movies that we replayed over and over in the household. You know, that movie came out in a time when a VHS started getting really big. A VHS had just come out. It went, uh, out, it went out over beta. And so all these um, video stores were popping up everywhere. And so The Karate Kid was one of the first, you know, feature films that were like uh, uh, duped onto a, you know, VHS tape for sale. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, you know, uh, I believe around that time, actors were you know, protesting the union was to, to get paid uh, residuals for every, sa- uh, for every sale of, of these uh, VHS tapes. And so for us, the cast, uh, it was great because the movie was such a big hit and uh, the VHS tapes were selling like crazy. And so our residual checks were nice. As a matter of fact, I went to the bank and <laughs> um, I was going to withdraw some money. And I saw this huge amount on the bank statement. And I was like, oh, man, did they make a mistake? You know, what is this? So, like, I was hesitant to tell the teller, right? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, man, I can pay all my bills right now. You know, everything is good. But then I, I had to ask. And I said, you know, what's this check? Um, I mean, why do I have so much money in my account? He said, well, that was a residual check after she checked checked out from from the karate kid and i said oh my god and then we started calling each other you know i called my one of my pals in the movie to date is frankie avalon jr oh wow Uh, frankie avalon jr played one of freddie's friends as a matter of fact freddie frankie avalon jr is my partner in the business Oh, okay. Uh, uh, the Strawgy, uh, the Strawgy business, the the clip that I show you for straws. Yes, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, we were excited, you know, excited about that. I got, you know, I got in touch with Frank. He said, "Did you think it was a mistake like I did? I was here at the bank." He goes, "Yeah, man." I was like, no, "I'm flipping out. I'm gonna buy a car." You know, so that was uh, God, 1984, 85. It was, yeah, eighty four for for the Credit Kid. Now, before that, uh, I'm I'm very interested in this because um, you were on a sh- uh, you made an appearance on a show that I'm familiar with, but I've never seen. But Cagney and Lacey, who Martin Cove was also, you know, he was a character on that show. Did did you get to work with him at all in any capacity? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen the episode in a long time, but I know he crossed paths while I was being arrested. Because at that time, there were very few roles for Latinos, right? right. So me and my friend that that had gone out there from New York City, a lot of Puerto Rican actors, uh, there were a few of us. uh, And and we all grew up uh, together in the theater here in New York. And we all made, we all trekked down to Los Angeles. And we started getting roles. We were competing against each other, getting these roles. You know, these, you know, uh, at that time, there was Cagney and Lacey, Hill Street Blues, um, and, and, you know, Trapper John, all these 80s shows. I did, God, I did about, I don't know, 40 of these 80s television episodic shows. And at that time, when, when uh, you know, we were competing, you know, one, one week somebody would get the role, 
and then I would get the roles sometimes. But I, I came to LA at about the same time. My friend Isai Morales, uh, my friend Ramon Franco. Um, we were kind of like the pioneers, uh, Latino pioneers, to get work consistently. At that time in the 80s, when there was very few work, well, there was right. very few jobs for us and roles. You know, that, that was then. That was the politics at that time. And, you know, we, we dealt with it. We weren't always happy. But, uh, you know, it was work, and we were excited. We were in Hollywood we were making movies. So getting back to Cagney Lacey, I had booked that gig, and I did that with uh, my friend uh, Rafael Ferrer. Um, his brother just passed away, but he's the son of Jose Ferrer, the great actor. And his aunt was uh, Rosemary Clooney, uh, George, George Clooney's cousin. Okay. Right? So we all knew each other at that time. I knew George. I actually guest starred with George on a sitcom called ER, before ER. This was a comedy called ER. Interesting. It was a sitcom. Okay. Yeah, with uh, Elliot Gould was the, the doctor in the ER show. Right, right. The, the father from Friends. Elliot Gould? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? Uh... Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if he played a character in Friends, but but Elliot Gould used to be married to Barbara Streisand. They have a kid together. He was a big sixties. He, he was actor. in uh, Ocean's Eleven, right? Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. Elliot he Gould. played uh, David Schwimmer's father uh, on Friends, I, I believe. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I I guessed on I guessed on on it, and that's why I met George. Ah. We, we had a funny bit together, and and also another friend of mine who worked. As George's friend Tony Longo, uh, Tony Longo was on that show too, and so and and it was us three. And so, you know, in the eighties, I, I I did a lot of work with a lot of these actors that are now huge actors, right? And um, you know, I'm kind of proud of that. And I did a lot of work in my time as an actor, and I happened to work with a lot of really really cool uh, people. Tony Longo, he just passed away. He was great, great guy, big guy, man, six foot eight, man. He used to wow. play for the Jets, and he did a lot of movies in the eighties, nineties, two thousands. He just passed away like four years ago. But Tony Longo, um, we we worked at, at that time in the early eighties, and then we worked again on Angels in the Outfield. I co-starred in that. Love that movie. And uh, yeah, yeah, I played the second baseman, Jose Martinez, in that movie. Uh, that was in 1993. I was a little older at that time, 33. And we shot that in Oakland Coliseum. And, you know, it's, it's great because, um, God, Matthew McConaughey's in that movie, Adrian Brody. And so, you know, I got to know them, hang out with them a lot. I still keep in touch with Matthew and, um, you know, and, and Adrian. Adrian got me a job editing because I, I, I was editing now. Uh, I mean, I, I've been editing for about 25 years, but oh, wow. I used to edit the Orlando Jones show. So uh, so I, I got out of acting in 1999 and started working on the Orlando Jones show. And the reason I got that show is because I was doing some work for Adrian Brody. So there you go, man. I You know, I got to work with two Academy Awards um, guys. <laughs> They're very fortunate. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, he's a great actor now, yes. you, know, you know, doing yes, big things. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, Danny Glover, Tony Danza. Right. As a matter of fact, I just saw Tony last year at the street festival, the San Gennaro Street Festival. And I hung out with him in his booth. And he was, he, he has a, a little cheese shop. Um, one of the oldest cheese stores in, in Little Italy, New York no, City. No, no kidding. And uh, during the festival, I saw him working man he was working harder than his work uh making uh sausage sandwiches and 
Zeppels, and I got online and I said, "Hey, Tony, it's Izzy." And they're like, "What?" You know, we hung out. <laughs> <laughs> we hung out. Gave me free sandwiches for me and my girlfriend. It was cool. You uh, you mentioned uh, Isai Morales. Do you still uh, keep in touch with him? I talk to him all the time, man. Yeah, yeah. He's on uh, How to Get Away with Murder, and he's in one of my personal favorites. Uh, I love La Bamba, you know, and his character is just... Oh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I love that movie. So that's... Uh, I, I'm glad to see that, you know, he's still out there doing things as well. He's just a very good actor. Oh, yeah. He's a great actor. Um, yeah, I keep in touch with him all the time. As a matter of fact, I talked to him last week. But but we also had a friend in common, uh, Elizabeth Pena. Oh, I did yes. a play with Elizabeth when I was 15 years old. Yeah. And I, I knew Elizabeth. As a matter of fact, when Elizabeth went out to Los Angeles, I, sh- I am the one that showed her around. I'm the one that uh, uh, hooked her up with an agent, a temporary agent at the time. So she got started and then she took off. You know, uh, we were we were really close. Right, I mean, right. God yeah. bless her soul. But Definitely gone too um, soon. Yeah, yeah, gone too soon. Yeah, so that, that, you know, so like I said, there's a small community of Latin actors that have stuck it out, you know, for at least 20 years. Um, I, I kind of got out of it, uh, some some others, but still, there are a lot of friends that have stuck, you know, to it, and they're doing well right now, really well. That's great. And uh, and, and I'm doing my thing, man. I started editing, and I, I, I quit acting when my agent retired. I quit acting in 1999. And I got into editing. I started my own company as an editor, and then I just grew and started. I had a small editing boutique with four employees, and I did well. I did a lot of five-camera comedy shows. I did um, a lot of game shows, and I I had my own um, post-production house, and we did graphics, opening titles for a lot of TV shows. And so I stayed with that for many, many, many years. And uh, so that's how my, as a matter of fact, my last uh, show that I did, I went out with a bang. I did uh, the second season of Pensacola. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With, uh, I played, J- yeah, I played James Bro- Brolin's secretary. So it was a comedy relief on that show. So, you know, I, I was doing well, bought my house, and uh, then I started editing, and then that, that kind of took over. And, and, and the last thing I did, the last thing I did was in 2006, Gary Marshall asked me to star in a, in a play at the Falcon Theater. And I did that. And that was the last acting I did in, in a play. Just because I was, you know, doing other things. But I, I miss it, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, know? you can always go back. You know, I say that all the time and that's what's going to happen. But I, you know, I want to like right now I'm into this manufacturing of this product that I invented. And so I'm all, you know, I'm I'm going for that. I'm just ready to um, make sure that this thing grows and I'm passionate about it. It's my product and I'm ready to start selling it. You know, it was a long ride, man. Three years to prepare for this. Oh, I bet. From uh, developing the product uh, to, um, and, and I did my, I did my own 3D uh, product and I did my own CAD files to, to make the mold for the product. So I mean, literally, this is my product from from the concept, the concept, all the way to the designing on 3D CAD and spitting it out in 3D print and then making mold. So I'm really proud of this, and I'm I'm really excited about it. You know, why don't we just go? I was going to save that for for the end, but why don't we just go ahead and talk about strategy now? 
Yeah, um, you know what? I, you know what? I, I'm just rambling, man. I, you know, I had a long day. <laughs> I had a long day. Listen, I'm put. I'm doing my own packages in it right now, right? Because it's a one stop shop. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, you know, I'm doing all these promotional um, strategy items to to give to some celebrities and stuff, so they they could advertise on it. And and then I'm running around uh, doing other chores, and so. It, it was a long day, so if I'm rambling, man, I apologize. Oh, no worries, <laughs> no worries. I I allow people to ra- ramble on because that's where you get most of like the really fun stuff. Um, okay, right, we'll, right. We'll, maybe yeah. we'll just uh, still save it for the end. Uh, be- before yeah. we get into uh, talking a little bit about the Karate Kid, there is one more project that I um, like to ask you about. You were on an episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. Yeah, I got the gig, man, and that was fun because I, I this was going to be my third time working with Alfonso Rubiero. Uh-huh. Um, I've worked with Alfonso, and I've known Alfonso since he was like seven years old, you know, uh, from New York City. And uh, we worked on, um, we did a series pilot called Teachers Only. We also did um, another pilot. Uh, I, I don't think he was in that part. Listen, you got to forgive me. We're, oh, no we're talking 30 plus years, right? Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I worked with him on Silver Spoons and I hung and I did a play with his aunt, and his aunt from uh, way back, way back, uh, way back in 1980. So I knew his whole family and everything. Before, uh, and, and then I worked on Silver Spoon. Then I got a, a gig on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and I, you know, worked with Alfonso again, and you know we've known each other forever, right? And so that was a nice reunion. And the other thing is, um, oh my God, I can't believe I just had a blackout. But the lady who played his mom worked with me on a television series I did for CBS called Foley Square. Oh, okay. And yeah, and so uh, I did a series with her. So that was a reunion for us. And Vernay Watson Johnson. Okay. Yeah, if you put Foley Square cast, yeah, yeah I, I, I co-starred on, I mean, I was a regular on that show with Margaret Cullen, Hector Elizondo, who's like my mentor, Kathy Silvers, who was Jenny Piccolo on Happy Days, Michael Lembeck, who directed like half of the Friends episodes, uh, and John Lovitz was on the show, and, uh, and a couple other people that I haven't seen in years, but um, it was a great cast, but uh, yeah, we like did it. 14 episodes, and then it was you know, canned, you know, I was hoping for three years so I could be on syndication. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I did like six pilots, man. I did like six pilots. I didn't, you know, didn't go one fully square, at least went for 14 episodes. So that was cool. Yeah. I was proud of that. Now coming from, you know, uh, lower East side, you moved to LA to, you know, to find, find work. How, how did you come across Karate Kid? Was there a casting call for a specific role for uh, Freddie Fernandez? Or? No, 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 no. Let's, let's get into the Karate Kid. My, my, you know, my memories are vivid, but there are things that I remember really well. And the auditioning, my agent, you know, calls me up and, and I was hot. I was working a lot. Um, I was doing uh, a lot of episodic television and I just come from New York city in 1982. I got there and I was working, right? I was, I was booking a lot of gigs and then it was an audition for a movie called the karate kid, right? Just a regular audition. And actually I went, I went to um, read for the casting director 
and I can't tell you her name. I, I forgot. Bonnie Timmerman? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, I, I can look it up on the credits, but... Yeah, Marty Cove actually mentioned her, uh, her name once, too, um, on his interview. Right. It must have been somebody... Out there, at that time, you had to, you know... Um, it, it wasn't like today. You had to get your black and white 8 by 10 And then you... There, there were several big casting directors... And if you got in good with them and you started working for them, you know, they would call you in once in a while for the really good stuff, you know? So back then, now you put yourself on tape, you send it out digitally, you never see anybody, it's not intimate, it's not personal, you know? Back then, you really had to sell yourself because you were actually going, you know, to meet these people, you know? And first, you would meet a casting director and, you know, you sit down, do your little scene. And then you would go to the next phase. The next phase, either go back to her and uh, and she's figuring out, you know, she likes you, what role, you know. Uh, maybe you read from one role, but then you were being considered for something else. So uh, anyway, so I, I, I forgot the casting director. Obviously, I did a pretty good job. And then I got to meet. I went straight uh, ahead to meet John Abelson. And I was really excited because I was familiar with his work. And he, God, I loved it. Like, Rocky was one of my favorite movies of all time, right? Yeah. I remember seeing that movie with my friend Jason So, man. Never forget it. 1976, 77. After that movie, man, we were running down the streets, man. Like, we had that tune in our head. <laughs> you know, we were so excited. We were like, I was ready to get into boxing and all that shit. I mean, that's how, <laughs> the movie was really powerful. Yeah, yeah. And it got me excited about, you know, wanting to act, you know, wanting to get into show business, you know, this guy coming from nowhere, you know, writing his own script, his own story, and then, you know, fighting to get the part in the movie because they weren't considering him. Right. But anyway, John Avelson gave him a shot because it was a John Avelson film. So, like, I had known, I had known the whole history about, like, Rocky, and I was so excited to meet John. And it was just me and John, man. I just went in there, and the character's name was Johnny that I read for, his next-door neighbor. It oh, wasn't Freddie. It okay. was Johnny. So, so this is one of the things in the trivia that people got to get this right. I told John Avelson, and I kind of dated myself. I mean, I kind of, like, stereotyped my own self. Uh -huh. I said, you know, kind of Johnny's not kind of like, you know, my, my name. He goes, well, you know, because he liked me, right? I did a really good reading with him, right? It was that scene when we first meet. Where you got uh, kicked and he said, by what the door? Was, what, yeah, yeah, that, like the scene. There were very few scenes. They, there were actually more scenes in the middle of the movie that they cut out for time. It wasn't because it was just not good. It was just time, right? When right. you can shoot so much, so many scenes. And then they, I think they chose the best scenes, and, and it was perfect. That, that, that movie, there was no flaws. It was perfect. And I didn't care that I was in it, uh, in it throughout the whole movie, right? You know. And then there was a fight to getting my name in the beginning because I had worked already. I had starred in movies. I had starred in more movies at that time than most of the cast except for Ralph. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And my agent, I remember her fighting to get my name up in the front credits, you know? <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I was happy to do it, right? I was like, I let that go. But anyway, while we were reading, I told, I told John, I said, he said, what name would you like? I said, okay, um, uh, Freddie, Freddie Fernandez. Boom. Gave myself my own name. Wow. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? John Avelson was cool like that. Because when we started shooting the movie and I was at wardrobe, 
I wanted to wear that making bacon shirt. <laughs> I chose that making bacon shirt. You know why? Because I, you know, I, I grew up in the hood and I grew up in the streets and I remember all those, those patches and the shirts and the keep on trucking and beep, beep your ass, all these stickers, all these, uh, you know, all these um, sayings at the time. And, and in my neighborhood, making bacon was funny, you know? So I said, can I wear the making bacon shirt? And you know, you know, what's funny, man. Huh. There are so many people selling that damn shirt. And then I've got a dime for that. Right? Oh no. <laughs> so, so that's, that's why I got my own line right now. I got my own Freddy's making bacon t-shirt, man. Uh, website. You know, and I started selling them. I got the rights to the people who originally did it, the licensing rights. And I printed up a whole bunch of them. And I, and I made a website called Freddy's Making Bacon.com. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, too. That way they could just click on the link and it'll take you there. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Right on. So, and I did that because, I, you know, I saw the opportunity when I started doing these signing shows with Ralph. I, I did one last year. They invited me to do a show, so I uh, got to see Ralph again and and um, and Billy and and uh, people were coming in with my shirt, you know the 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 making bacon shirt, and they were saying, "How come you're not selling the making bacon shirt? Where's the making bacon?" And they were coming in because they were happy that Freddie was there, you know, because they they do signings, yeah, yeah, and they never saw Freddie Freddie Fernandez. People were ecstatic, man. They were so happy to see me. They were like, yo, there's Freddie. It was cool. I, I had a great time uh, hanging out with the guys and everything. And you know what's funny? It was a Friday. And that same day, John Evelson passed away. Oh, wow. So I don't know what was last year. I think it was a year and a half ago or something. Yeah, the same day. Yeah. Oh, wow. So after you got the role and you chose the name of Freddie, what, what, was, um, what was rehearsal like? Because I, I know that when Billy and Ralph came here to Portland, they did a panel, and they talked about how John Avildsen, he filmed the entire movie uh, yes, as a yes, rehearsal. Yeah, so check this out. Let yeah. me, let, let, I don't mean to cut you off, no but worries, I know yeah. a lot about that. Okay. So, so the, a guy named Sabasawa, right? He's a Japanese guy that worked with John Avildsen's assistant, right? And uh, me and Ron Sabasawa are still friends right now, right? Okay. We still hang out. We still talk. Every time I go to L.A., I see him. He shot on a big VHS camera, professional camera, but it was a VHS. And he recorded the whole rehearsal the same way he shot the movie. So he actually, he was already doing the same angles and the setups like he shot the movie. So, so when he got to shoot the movie, he was already prepared with all the angles and the setup. He was brilliant like that, John Avelson. So when we shot the rehearsals, uh, he blocked it and set up the angles. I mean, not as sophisticated as when he had the whole crew and everything, right? Right. But we had an intensive rehearsals, just like when we were shooting the movie. Not, not, you know, not with the wardrobe or anything, but just going to rehearsals and we'd go to the locations and shoot it. And he captured that. And then he edited the rehearsal and he had his guideline, man. He had his, his skeleton for it to, to shoot the, the whole thing. And that saves a lot of time, man. I, you know, as an editor, if you, sh if you shoot your, it's like storyboarding, right? Right. Only you're doing it with the actors and the actuary rehearsing the scenes, you know, uh, getting the camaraderie together, 
uh, the timing and everything. So the actors are not uh, not the only ones that are getting prepared. It's uh, the director man with his vision. And actually, John Avelson posted it up on YouTube. Have you seen it? I have. Uh, we we have a Cobra Kai group page for our podcast. We shared it in the group. Right on. And and actually, the, the picture is of Freddie and 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 Ralph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the, uh, the YouTube, when you go to the YouTube link, and it's me and Ralph. <laughs> and so that that was kind of exciting. Let's, let's talk about your character, uh, uh, Freddie. You know, you mentioned uh, some deleted scenes, and you know, again, growing up with this movie, I felt there was always something missing from Freddie because we last see him at the beach, and then the next time we see him, he's at the tournament, you know, cheering on Daniel. So, yeah. there's, well, what were some of those scenes in between the movie? There were well, there were more scenes that we shot. It, on the beach, right with Freddie's gang, right? It was Frankie Jr., Avalon Jr., it was Joey Lawrence. No, not Joey Lawrence. So Frankie Avalon Jr., it was uh, Joey Travolta. It was, uh, God, I forgot the guy's names right now. I can't think. Oh, it's been a long but time. But we shot scenes on the beach at, at during the day uh-huh. that were cut out. We were actually smoking weed, and we were just improvising, right? You know, he was looking over at the girls and, you know, just hanging out, talking about. I don't remember what we talked about, but we shot a lot of us smoking weed. And I think during the end, what Sabasawa told me was that, you know, the movie seemed really solid without any weed or anything like that. It was unnecessary to show that. Right. And so not to make it a, a G movie, but, you know, make it a good wholesome movie with strong characters and a really great message. You know, the message was about believing in yourself, overcoming all odds, you know, listening to a mentor, a teacher, like a father figure, you know, it was, it was all those good philosophical uh, teachings, you know, it's mm-hmm. about the, about uh, the, this kid learning, coming of age, uh, believing in himself, learning how to believe in himself, learning how to take care of himself. And I think that was the, the key to the movie. Not that, you know, not only was it a teenage movie at the time, but, but man, they never showed any ass in that movie. They didn't need to. We didn't need to cuss in the movie. It was a good, wholesome, well-done, well-balanced, philosophical movie of the ages, man. It was a powerful movie. Yeah, it really um, was. So, when, so while we were watching it, when we left the movie, uh, we, we had seen it in uh, the um it was in uh, by UCLA, Westwood, Westwood. God, I'm living here. In... Well, we we were we were we were in an area, a nice area in LA, when we saw the screening. And when we left that theater, we didn't even care about what happened to that scene, or why did they cut that out. I remember me, Frank, and our group, and Billy, and all of us talking about how well the movie was done, and nobody even mentioned anything about hey, my scene was cut, or blah blah blah, you know. Afterward, it, it kind of hit you, you know, you're coming home, but you're so excited about the movie, knowing that, God, if the premiere was that good, it's going to be a hell of a movie, man. People are going to dig this. And look, I'm talking about it 35 years from now. Yeah. It's amazing. It's almost like being part of, like, Casablanca or, you know, and, and I'm, I don't mean that to be funny. I, I Like, I'm serious about it. That movie lives on. No, that's, it, it's funny you um, mentioned that movie because Martin Cove, he also references Casablanca, you know, as being like a perfect movie, you know, and, and puts the Karate Kid up there, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and listen, um, this is crazy because 
1984, and, and, and this has hit me, you know, thinking about it. I would just, you know, lay down and, you know, before I go to sleep. And sometimes it hits me. It's like, after seeing it, uh, like in a marathon, right? Like on TV, on TNT, they play it everywhere, all the time, every day, somewhere in the world. Somebody's watching it. And I would lay down and think about, wow, how cool it was to be in that movie. And because they reference it everywhere in every movie. Like, I mean, even the social network, right? You yeah. know, the, 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 the two brothers that were fighting against uh, Zuckerberg mentioned, you know, uh, Wax On. Wax. I forgot what he mentioned in the movie, but, but it's crazy. People mention it in movies all the time, television shows. They always have a reference, a learning reference to Karate Kid, well, it's wax on, whether it's Wax On, Wax Off, or any of, you know, any of the many sayings that were in the movie that sticks in everybody's head. Now, this is funny. I was hired to go to, to, go to um, Brazil and edit a TV show, a sitcom TV show, okay? Um, a very big production with a, a couple of stars from Brazil, and one of them happens to be Leonardo. Le Leonardo was in that Brazilian movie that won the Oscar. Oh, my God. What's the name of it? You talking about DiCaprio? No, 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 no. Which no, this is a Brazilian kid, a black oh, I kid, see. man, from the favelas, from the favela, very poor kid that did this movie and then he became a star in Brazil, right? But he was a very poor kid. And then he was the star of this new show that I was going to edit and teach the editors out there how to edit a sitcom, right? So I was hired for two months to go to Brazil and when I went on the show, these two guys, these two um, Harvard graduates, uh, Scott Wood and David Morales, they, they produced the show. They went out there after the dictatorship went down in 1996 with law degrees and to do business over there. They decided to produce movies in, in Brazil. So, so um, one of the writers from the uh, show, uh, one of the writers from a famous show here in the States back in the 90s, I used to do work for him and, and for Orlando Jones, and they, they recommended me to go out there to teach these guys how to edit a sitcom, right? The timing of it, a five-camera sitcom. So when I went over there, you know, I'm editing, I'm getting to know the crew and the cast and everything, and this kid, Leonardo, he said, hey, man, I heard you were in a Karate Kid. And I <laughs> said, yeah. He goes, you were Freddy? And he freaked out, dude, like in broken English, and, uh, you know, like he freaked out. So, so anyway, they had a surprise for me. They, they were rehearsing the show. They were ready to take the show. And they told me to go on stage um, with the cast and crew, and they were doing a dress rehearsal. And the end scene, the two brothers in the show, Leonardo, this kid, and, and the other star, they're fighting. And they start doing the crane, and they reference everything in the Karate Kid, man. They wrote that into the show because I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So I'm here in Brazil, man, doing a sitcom called Mano a Mano in uh, 2004, I believe I was there, or 2002 in Rio. And, um, and, and, and these guys are making reference to the Karate Kid again, man. It, uh, like south, south from, from New York City, about 4,000 miles away, man. I, I, and I was freaking out. And uh, that, that was just, you know, it's so nice. You know, to get noticed, still, and I wasn't even acting then. I was already out of acting five years, but, you right. know, it's just nice that that movie keeps me in the loop, you know? Have you uh, watched Cobra Kai at all? I watched the first two episodes. I did not get the YouTube Red Channel yet, so sorry. I got Netflix, Hulu, <laughs> and every other 
damn thing, right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll eventually see the whole thing. I heard it's great. That first two episodes got me hooked. I just haven't gotten around to it. And, you know, I keep talking to, you know, Ralph. We keep emailing each other. He goes, look, if, this, if we do a set, if the first season is great, you know, hopefully we'll get you in the second season, man. I'd love to get on there, man, you know? Oh, oh I, I definitely don't want to spoil anything, but you might see a familiar scene in one of the later episodes. So I would definitely, definitely recommend you uh, go catch up. Yeah, well, they haven't shot the second season yet, right? No, no, but for season one, there's a there's a scene that you may recognize from the first movie. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know that. I know they oh. use some of the images from okay. that because I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice check. I got a nice check. So, okay, so, so, so you know about that. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know that. Yeah, I already signed a release for it uh, with my agent. You know, I still have an agent. I got a new agent. Now, not for acting. I don't go out to, to, to um, audition for anything. But I got this new agent that says, hey, man, let's do something. And I said, you know, hold off because, you know, I'm trying to do these other things. If they call me for the Karate Kid, great, man, let's do it. You know, I told, I gave Ralph a lot of ideas of how, how Freddie should be now. Um, I know he's a car dealership guy. You know, maybe I gave him suggestions like, hey, man, Freddie could be down and out. Give him a, a, a chance to sell a car and he sucks. You know, he's just <laughs> bad at it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, I I, I was pushing it, and, you know, I was talking to them, and and I'm just letting you go. And I know that Will Smith is um, producing it. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know Will, man. Will likes me, man. He's a big Karate Kid fan because he made it known when when I did the when I guest on on the show, man. Oh, we really? hung out, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we hung out that whole week, man. Hey, a lot of people say I'm like. Kevin Bacon, man, I'm six degrees of separation. Man. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I'm connected one way to somebody, I swear to God, man, and this is just me. I'm not no big star or anything like that, but I know a lot of people, man. I yeah. know a lot of people, some really good people. I mean, you were definitely in a lot of big movies, too. Even if the, you know, the role wasn't huge, I mean, you were still in some pretty iconic movies. Oh, listen, in 1984, after I shot the... Um, Karate Kid in 83, the end of 83, and it came out. I met uh, Marty Bress for a small role in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yep, that's what I'm referring and to. And Marty Bress was, oh, yeah, no, no, man, that's stuck the bananas in the tailpipes, one of the most iconic scenes <laughs> of all in the history. So listen, no, no party's too small, man. I tell that to people all the time, you know? Yeah. And if I would have kept working, I, I think I would have done okay, you know? And listen, I, I started writing, so I have like five screenplays. And so I'm going to, I'm trying to get this company going so that I can produce my movies. Um, and I have some good people behind me. My best friend is Luis Guzman. Um, actually, he's, um, and, and I don't want to say too much about uh, the Strategy thing, but he's involved in it big time. Okay. Uh, do you know Luis Guzman? Oh, very familiar with his work. Yeah. Great comedian and actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming here Thursday where he's going to shoot something for me for the Strategy. He's doing a, a do-it-yourself uh, tutorial ah, for my strategy so that when people buy my strategy, they can go ahead and buy uh, labeled paper from uh, Avery stickers at Staples or, you know, Home Depot. I mean, not Home Depot, Office Depot. You know the Avery company, right? They make yeah. the stickers that fit my strategy frame 
perfectly. So he's going to do the tutorial on how to make your own Strawgy um, stickers. <laughs> I like it. So let's transition yeah. to that. What what can you uh, speak about uh, about this product, Strawgy? Oh well, no, no. I can speak um, all about my oh my okay product. My okay. product. My product. I sent you a video. Did you see it? A Vimeo. I, I saw it. I, I saw a lot of uh, Brooklyn Nets stuff too. Is that your team? No, 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 no. The Brooklyn Nets is 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 the Brooklyn Nets. No, I just no, no. I didn't sell my Strogy to Brooklyn Nets. Oh, no, no, no. I'm uh, just, what it is? My, I'm, w- I'm wondering if like if that's one of your favorite teams because I, I think I saw like two or three. Pictures. No, no. I, I'm no. The Nets play at the Barclays Center. Okay, right. Um, it's the arena here that the uh, New York uh, the Brooklyn Nets play at. Right. And so an associate of mine who has a big connection at the Barclays Center, he's going to take them samples. Oh, nice. To show to the, uh, the PR people and the marketing people at the Barclays Center. My strategies are also at the Madison Square Garden Company uh, Arena, and their marketing department is looking at it too, to, so that they, people can buy it. It comes with a reusable, recyclable straw, right? So mm-hmm. that they can promote, you know, recyclable straws. And they could also uh, put any advertisement, a player on there, and people could take it home, you know, buy it for a buck and take it home. And so it, it takes care of, like, the disposable straw problem. It also advertises. Uh, it's an advertising um, um, product. And also people can use it as a collectible, you know, take it home as a collectible. And, and it's also great for birthdays, holidays, weddings, um, but I wanted you to see it, uh, see the video. I sent you a link to the video, and you have to put in the password. No, Georgie. I, I watched it. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, yeah, you watched yeah. it. Okay, yeah, it's just a simple clip with a, a frame, and I call that frame a beverage billboard. Okay, yeah. And so you could put anything you want. You could order it from um, uh, the uh, the Strawgy Clip, uh, com website. That's going to be out in about another month. And, and so the people who buy the Strawgy Clips, are able to go onto my website and they can order as many as they want, either for um, for advertising, you know, business to business, or they can buy a five pack, a ten pack, and use it for birthday parties, you know, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, to decorate the table, and then and it also works as as an identifier, right? So everybody can know. You can write your, you know, you can put your little initial on it so that everybody knows whose drink it is, you know, so you get mixed up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a little simple, you know, idea that I hope everybody will have them in their homes in five years, ten years. I, I love the idea, and, and um, you know, the video that you showed me, I, I, I love how it, uh, it comes in different materials as well, you know, metal and, you know, the recyclable stuff. And I just like how, you know, like you said, that billboard thing, like I, I can totally see myself ordering some of this, you know, put our little podcast logo on it and, you know, give it to senders or not senders, but listeners as like giveaways or something. Absolutely. Yeah. You can put, you can put your website, your hashtag on there. Um, but what's cool about it, and you mentioned it, it fits any straw, any size. So it'll fit up from a 3.9 millimeter straw. It'll clip onto an 8. Uh, zero millimeter straw so and it, and, it, and it doesn't matter uh the straw doesn't discriminate it fit any type <laughs> of straw whether it's paper straw metal straw plastic reusable straw 
a glass straw, a bamboo straw, anything you want. You can buy the clip with our straw, which is recyclable and it's dishwasher safe. Or you can just, you know, when you're done using those, you can buy any size straw, anything you want, and it'll work with it. And it'll fit on any glass or cup. It has two clips on there, one that fastens to a thin rim cup and a thicker rim cup, glass. But anyway, uh, the, the Straw G clip, I, I came up with the idea nine years ago. And uh, with the technology you have these days, I was able to, since I did 3D design, I was able to buy a 3D printer and print out a prototype. As opposed to, you know, nine years ago, you would have to get somebody to make it, you know, physically, right. so you see it tangibly, test it out. It would have cost me, you know, twenty, thirty thousand to get all that done. And and now I just did it all myself, you know? Yeah, that's so amazing. I was able to save a lot of money on the prototyping and everything. And uh and so, you know, I, I needed some backers and I showed uh Frank's dad, Frankie Avalon Senior, and he loved it. The first time he saw it, the next day he sent me a check to start the patent. He says, You gotta get that patented. Oh, nice. And then Frankie wanted to jump on board. So Frankie has a percentage in the company and he's been my partner for four years. And this all came out of the Karate Kid, man. <laughs> 34, 35 years later, we're still best of friends, man. And he's my partner in this charade. Then I showed Louie it. Louie loved it and said, look, I'm going to give you some money. He gave me some money uh, and another investor. But, you know, I don't know if I want you to name the investors. I'm just telling you. But, sure. you know, Hector Elizondo, he's like my dad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hector Lozano from Pretty Woman yeah, and yeah. Uh, Very familiar uh, The Last Man Standing. And they all helped me out, man. They all gave me a check, man. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to groove. I went to China, got the mold made, got the product made, shipped it over here. And now um, we've talk, we're talking to um, distributors for Walmart, uh, arenas. We're talking to the celebrity guy now with their connections and my connections. Hopefully, Strawgy will be in every in every household in the next ten years, at least once. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think uh, I think we can end it right there. Unless there's anything else you want to plug? No, Freddie's making bacon dot uh, com. bacon dot com. Come down, buy my t shirt, man. Come on there. <laughs> I want everybody to buy the making bacon. Don't don't buy it from somebody else. Buy it from AKA Freddie Fernandez, Israel Warbe. <laughs> and that concludes my interview with Mr. Israel Warbe. I want to thank him again for giving us the opportunity to speak with him about his uh, his career in filming Karate Kid. So if you guys want more information about Stragi and also Freddy's Making Bacon t-shirts, check out the show notes. And if you're a newer listener and enjoyed this episode please consider go back and checking out Martin Cove's episode, Sean Kanan, and also William Christopher Ford, who are all part of the Credit Kid universe. And we also interviewed a number of cast members from the Cobra Kai series as well. And if you want to follow us on social media, we have a couple of mediums where you can do that. We have an amazing group page with a bunch of hardcore fans on Facebook where you can search www.cobrakai.tvamb group and you spell out the words period. On Twitter, we can be found at Cobra Kai Pod and on Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. So I'd like to thank you guys again for checking out this episode. And if you have supported us for some time, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help out the show. So thanks again. 
and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.